Welcome to Season 4 of The Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we discuss business agility through customer experience, employee experience, and digital transformation. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom. The Agile World Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to techsystems.com. To read more about the topics discussed on this show, you can go to my website at gregkilstrom.com and read my latest articles or get a copy of my latest book, Meaningful Measurement of the Customer Experience, now available on Amazon and other retailers. My name is Greg Kilstrom, and I'm the host of the Agile Brand Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the importance of executive leadership in branding and marketing of successful companies. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Bonnie Habian, CMO at Excalibur Capital and author of The World According to Best, which was just released. Bonnie, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, looking forward to talking about this uh, with you. So why don't we start by you giving a little background on yourself as well as what you're currently doing as CMO at Excalibur Capital. Sure, sure. I've been in the communications marketing business for two decades now, a little bit more. Uh, started out as a reporter, love songs DJ, a, a corporate spokesperson, and then over the years was fortunate enough to get my MBA in banking and finance, which really opened up a, a whole new world, gave me a lot more opportunities. So I was able to start in a marketing role where I started with myself and one other and then built a team up to about 26 uh, people for a publicly traded REIT. And then uh, most recently, I took on a new role as, as a CMO in a similar type of field, but it's more in that kind of going from small to mid-level, which is where I really shine, where I really enjoy taking a company from one level to the next. Uh, that's where I've been corporately, but I am very proud that I have just added the title author uh, yeah. after my name because I just published my first book about a month ago. And that is a whole conversation in and of itself, but very proud about that as well. Nice. Nice. Yeah. We'll I'll have to have you back on the show to talk about the process of writing. I, I, def- I always, I like to talk about that because I have, I have lots of thoughts about it and yeah. probably have done all of the wrong things that you could possibly do in trying to write a book. So I, I always like to, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so today, you know, let's, we're going to talk a bit about the power of executive leadership branding. Yes. And so first, uh, to kind of start, what is this, can you define what it means to you? Yeah, you know, for me, I, I think the the thing that I'm seeing is that people always kind of associate brand with a company. And that's not so much anymore. I think a brand can be anybody's brand. And to me, it's the way a product, a company, or even an individual is perceived by those who experience it. So it crosses all the lines in 2022, especially after the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, you just kind of touched on this too, but, you know, why is it so important that executives pay attention to their branding? Yeah. I think if you look 20, 30 years back, the only channels we really had to speak to our customers or our clients or maybe through direct mail and you know television. Uh, that has changed. Think about all the channels that are out there today, some of them more appropriate than others for, from a business perspective, but the influx of social media and I would say as well, post-pandemic, how things have become heightened with respect to communicating via social media, uh, audio, wearables, things of that sort, that you almost are not taking advantage of being able to help support your business. If you're not out there personally showcasing your brand, people trust 
you, they trust your brand. And I think we have so, you know, so many leaders uh, nationally and internationally who have taken advantage of that. And now their brand is the company. And I think you're going to see more of that. Yeah, yeah, I definitely. You know, I think there's there's definitely a few out there that who who have really taken that. Sometimes, may, maybe even too far, but they've definitely taken that and yeah. and run with it. And you know, I think we're also seeing trends like CMOS being promoted I, to CEO. That's happening a lot more than it used to, right? I know. I find that really yeah. interesting. I I would say that you know, in the last five, 10 years, you don't see CMO tenures lasting that long because right. I think everything has changed so quickly and people want that quick something. And if you're not producing it, you could sometimes be, I would say, you know, the person that maybe is is right in the line of fire because things aren't being produced quickly enough or, or times are changing and you're not beating the com- competition. But there's so much involved, I think, in the elements of trying to stay competitive. Yeah. And there's yeah. just so much you could dive into to say, what what is that all about? But yeah, I think um, you're seeing a lot of that change in the industry. And it's funny, when you talk about those leaders who have done it really, really well, I think all of us can think of five or six at the top of our head who have really gone out and personally used their brand to help their company. And I think those people are kind of tied to that brand so much now that that's a good thing, but it can also be a bad thing, I imagine, if things don't go great. But to me, there's definitely more benefits of building a brand than not. Yeah, yeah, I know. To your to your point, it's in a sense, it's job security. In a, I mean, even CEO tenure is not you know what it what no. it necessarily used to be either. Let alone CMO, I think is is shorter even. But um, <laughs> it's but it's a it's a yeah it's a double edged sword, right? It's like you get the you get that charismatic leader that uh, really takes the brand forward, but then you know if a scandal befalls them or, or whatever, it's yeah you know yeah <laughs> time for a quick pivot. So how about the how about the leaders that you know branding and marketing doesn't they may not even be uh, it doesn't take a CMO to be yeah. uh, you know one of those charismatic CEOs but you know what about the leaders for which none of this comes naturally but they're a solid leader and maybe they're a little more of an operational or finance or legal or you know some other area that doesn't necessarily lend itself to being a branding expert you know how, how can a leader get more comfortable with this idea and, and what are maybe some potential first steps for them that's really challenging and I've worked with a lot of CEOs during my career and some are all very open to it some really want to be more of a defensive sort sort of role and so you see different personalities and as a CMO sometimes I see attributes that I think could really really work well. But if you're not comfortable with it, you have to work around it. So I would say that, yeah, there are definitely CEOs out there that may want to just be a little bit quieter and aren't comfortable because it's hard going out on a channel of thousands of people and feel authentic. You have to feel comfortable with what you're saying, what you're doing. And so I get that. I think there are some small steps you can take. I think you can certainly make sure that any of your business assets, whether it's LinkedIn, whether it's some thought leadership, always positions you in the in the best light that it is content and topics that you're comfortable with because that will will definitely resonate more. If you feel comfortable, yeah. you'll feel more comfortable sharing it, speaking about it. But I also think, you know, when you talk about personal brand, you can do things that may not be forward looking to the media and to industry organizations, but you can do it for your employees. So if you are out there, perhaps commenting socially or, or commenting about things that your company did, that is a way that you can really communicate with your employees and get 
tremendous brand worth from that. It is, it's, it can be natural. It can be motivating because CEOs these days just don't have a ton of time. But if they're able to go out there and express a little of the strategy, express how proud they are of their employees, express the appreciation, it just has a huge ripple effect. So in, in turn, it will absolutely support business revenue because you're going to have great employees who are happy and who stay, but it's a step forward and it's a baby step. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that may feel natural to someone who at least is a good leader. I mean, it's we could call that internal branding or internal communications almost of, you know, yeah, if they're not if they're not quite ready to be out there as a public figure or don't want to be a public figure, I think they're they do have to have some kind of brand even if it is mainly with their their internal teams, right? I agree. I agree. And I think, you know, in that situation, and I've been in many situations where you may want to put a product out there with a product head or a product leader, but if that's not possible, you work around it. Maybe you can use the company um, and all of the great achievements to help brand that under the leadership. Maybe it's a once a year letter. Maybe it is a once a year thought leadership piece. You know, taking those little baby steps and trying to figure out ways and understanding what is comfortable for a business leader is very important. But I do think it's a nice tool to have in the toolbox of being able to speak on behalf of the brand a little bit to help it grow. But I do also know that things have accelerated in the last couple of years, maybe three or four years ago, we weren't having this conversation as much, but post-pandemic, you've seen the winners and the losers in this situation of being able to leverage social media and the press and things of that sort to help heighten the brand, or those that may have lost a little competitive edge because they were not as tech savvy or not as focused on how to uh, stay engaged with their clients. Yeah, yeah. Well, so we've, we've talked a bit about, let's call it what to do. Uh, how about what to avoid? So, you know, even for those that consider themselves savvy or those that, you know, wouldn't consider themselves savvy. I mean, you know, what, what are some things that leaders should avoid when they're thinking about their own branding? I think the biggest thing is really try where you can to avoid unauthentic communication. You know, I think they need to avoid thinking that their brand doesn't matter um, and that their branding doesn't matter. It does, and they need to be deliberate about building it. But I think you need to really try and work within the parameters of authenticity where it is a personal brand. And if it's someone like a CEO, if they're not comfortable, I, I personally, as a C CMO, wouldn't push it. I think you work around it or you get them more comfortable with it. I know I'm one that'll come in and be like, let's do this. Let's do that. You know, I have a whole strategy and a plan. And more than once I've learned that maybe my speed or my thoughts aren't aligned hundred percent with, you know, that of a personal feeling of someone that they're comfortable level with it. And I think you have to take all of those factors into consideration. But to me, the number one thing is to be authentic. So if, you know, you want to write a response and, and you kind of teeter on, well, is that professional enough or is that not? I think you always go on the premise of you want to be professional, but you also want to be like you're talking to someone in a room. You don't necessarily resonate if it's very, very rote, very, very um, robotic. And I struggle with that myself every day, making sure that you want to put things out there that are of value, but then you also have to put out things of there there that are of sales, a little bit salesy. And and that's a hard line, you know, to, to follow. Yeah. So as you're thinking about the, you know, the months ahead or even, you know, just things things that you're seeing and, and hearing now, are there any trends or even platforms or methods or anything like that 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 leaders should be paying attention to and at least get on their radar as they're as they're thinking about all this stuff. I think there are a few things. I think approaching things 
or marketing or business as an integrated strategy across all the various channels and access points that you have to your clients is most important. It's constantly changing. You need to be aware of where your your folks are really hanging out, where your consumers, clients, businesses are getting their information, and you need to understand what their pain points are. If you can do those two things and, and move that along the way, you'll always be uh, have a measure of success. For instance, one of the, the items that I see really just blowing up in, in a big way is audio. People are consuming audio so much more for many, many reasons. And I think that has to be a part of your, your plan. You have to start going places where LinkedIn, Twitter, you know, Instagram can't get you. And audio does bridge that gap a bit. So I think you have to look at it holistically. Yeah, definitely. And that's, I wanted to talk with you a little bit about that in particular. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're on a podcast right now, obviously. Yes. So um, I believe in the, the power of, of audio and, and you obviously do too, because you're, you're here talking with me. So you know what? What are you seeing in in the the space of audio marketing? And you know, you, you just mentioned that it's it's something to pay attention to. You know, what what are you seeing, and and how have you seen it maybe be used successfully? Well, I like to research a lot. I'm constantly looking at futuristic trends, and I had no idea that it's gotten to the point of people, on the average, listen to some sort of audio for about an hour and a half a day, and that's definitely increased over the last five, 10 years, and it continues to go on an upward trajectory. That being said, audio presents a lot of things that other mediums don't. Now, if we had this conversation five years ago, I would have said, yeah, right. I, I don't see that. You know, that was radio. That's here. That's here and gone. It's rejuvenating. And it's rejuvenating for a lot of reasons. You have people that are very digitally savvy who like to multitask yeah. and you can do that with audio. So I know if I have to watch something, uh, a presentation online, at times it frustrates me because I have no problem listening to it because I can do 10 other things at once. Yep. Plus I find when I'm receiving communication via audio, I retain it better as opposed to sitting and reading. And I don't yeah. know why that is. Maybe it's our sensory neurons. I don't know. But for me personally, and I see that a lot of other folks are kind of finding that as well. I mean, nearly 200 million Americans stream music, radio, news, podcasts. And think about how that's growing. It's not only now on you know radio, you, you have wearables that you can, you know your Apple Watch, things of that sort that you can constantly use. So the resources and the channels continue to grow. So I think audio is definitely uh, a segment that people have to look into and, and integrate. I'm even seeing it to the point of you may have an article sent out and you know content is king, but a lot of these articles have text transcriptions now that go right to audio. And there are services okay. out there that provide it uh, that are like computer generated voices. So you don't even need to have voiceovers anymore. So I just see that continuing. Audiobooks, all of those mediums, because it's so convenient and it is just on so many different channels and different applications. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I, I feel like I'm, I mean, I've been doing this show for, I'm in my fourth year, about to start the fifth. And so I, but I feel like I was a, a little late to the, the party, so to speak. But at the same time, I, I'm a big audio book listener and I do listen to some podcasts as well, but you know, I, it took me a little while. So I, I would say I had, I had a harder time retaining things, audio versus reading it or, or watching, watching things like that, but doing it a, a bit over time, I've, I retain a lot more and, and it's just, it's kind of changed the way I, I think about, about audio, but you know, one, one of the things, so like a lot of, I, I go on other 
podcasts and as a guest as well. And, and often it's recorded on video. And so, you know, I'm looking at the, at the host and, you know, we're kind of, we're kind of keying off of each other with eye contact and stuff. And so I just, we're recording this right now. It's audio only. I actually intentionally don't do that for the reason that, you know, the end audience listening, I don't want us to have an advantage over that. Like I want them to hear it, how we're communicating and we've got to, we've got to communicate through auditory signals. Like we can't give each other, you know, <laughs> sign language or something like that to, to communicate. So I think it's, I think it helps make a better audio experience for the, for the end user. I have no scientific data to, to back that up whatsoever, but call it a hunch. But I, I feel like, I feel like it does, it does help. Yeah, I think it's exciting. And I agree with you. I was probably a little late to the podcast game, which, you know, I was one of the naysayers not thinking that this would grow at the time at the rate it has. I didn't realize how many wannabe broadcasters would, would come out. And I think it's pretty cool because one day I'd love to have my own podcast, you know, when you have the time. And I think the beauty of being able to have that as an option is amazing. It's amazing. And there is just expertise out on every topic you can imagine and you can consume it at your leisure. And that's what I think is just the beauty of audio. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, one last question before we wrap up here. So, you know, in, in, in your role as a CMO and, and your career in marketing, you know, gives, gives you some good perspective over the marketing world. What's a piece of advice if you're talking to marketing leaders, what's a, what's a piece of advice for them as they navigate the months ahead? You know, it's just so dynamic and changing that the only way I think you can hang on and try and position yourself for success is keep learning and really understand where your clients and your target audience is. Where are they hanging out? What are the access points? And then being able to focus on those access points in a meaningful way to build a customer journey or to build a relationship is probably the best thing you can do and to continue to follow to uh, try and stay ahead of the curve. Wonderful. Oh, great, great, great advice. Definitely try to try to learn as, as much as I can. <laughs> yeah. Um, wonderful. Well, Bonnie, uh, thanks so much for joining the show. For those listening, what's the best way for them to keep up with what you're doing? LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter uh, at Meet Bonnie H. LinkedIn Bonnie Habian. And um, yeah, my, my website, Meet Bonnie H, has a lot of information, including my new book. So it, it talks a lot about what I'm doing and um, all the various podcasts and things of that sort. So yeah, that would be great. I'd welcome to hear from anyone. Wonderful. Well, again, I'd like to thank Bonnie Habian, CMO at Excalibur Capital and author of The World According to Best for joining the show. Thanks for listening to The Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom. Talk with you next week. Thanks again for listening to the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast, brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.theagilebrand.show. To get a copy of my latest book, Meaningful Measurement of the Customer Experience, visit my website at gregkilstrom.com. Until next week, stay agile.